0: We sang two songs this morning, Holy, 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 second verse of which says that um, we can't see God through the eyes of sinful man, thy glory cannot, so we can't see God because God is holy and we are not. But then we sang a song to start, it said, open the eyes of my heart, Lord, I want to see you. Our passage today, might I didn't realize this until I was listening, but our passage today might shed a little light on that, might answer some of that paradox for us, Right? We're going to the table, which again might answer that paradox for us. Before we get there, I want to share with you a couple of stories. Uh, back when I used to wear a suit to work, which was um, like four days, I think, until several folks came, my first four days of work, I wanted to show I was serious. And I don't know, a handful of folks said, um, very graciously, I might add. One of the really nice things about living in the mountains is you you just don't have to wear a suit anywhere. It's like, oh, okay, so I don't do that anymore, but while I was still wearing a suit to work, I got a phone call. I was still figuring out, like, which key to open the church door, and I got a phone call from Dolly Downey. Some of you remember Dolly Downey. She now lives in Florida with her son. She was choir director here at our church for I'm gonna get this wrong I think 13 years but maybe longer uh, got a phone call from Dolly sweet I mean that's the way you describe her sweet Dolly gentle Dolly uh, always smiling Dolly Dolly who loved Jesus Christ Dolly who was filled with the spirit Dolly who was uh incredibly wise and faithful and mature in her faith, got a phone call from Dolly and said to her 27-year-old pastor, I'd like to make an appointment. Could I come talk with you a little bit? I said, oh, yes, well, sure. <clears throat> Fix my tie up a little straighter. That sounds good. And she showed up and smiled and gave me a hug. I said, could we talk for a few minutes? I said, Sure we sat down and Dolly began to share with me the story of her life, um, so the, the, the 80 years of it to that point. But she skipped over most of it because she really wanted to share with me um, one thing. And she began to tell me about a time of incredible difficulty in her life. Um, she kind of had a plan for how things would go. Things were going well and something happened. That just pulled the rug out from under her feet. That left her in shock. Uh, That left her in tears. That left her with question after question. Uh, She felt uh, betrayed. She felt embarrassed. She felt hurt. She felt confused. But then. She said as all of this was going on. She found herself lying in her bed in the middle of the night, trying to sleep, couldn't sleep. Anybody ever done that? Hard things going on. The wheels keep turning. The questions keep popping up. The frustrations uh, keep creeping in. She was tossing and turning. Uh, she was crying. She was praying with those kinds of prayers that are just not filtered. She said, in a moment... She sensed a presence outside her bedroom door. Someone was there. And she was as certain as she had ever been of, of anything in her life that it was Jesus who was standing at her door. And immediately she said she felt relief. She felt comfort. She felt more than anything else, Christ's love for her. In such a way that this didn't fix everything, but made it all okay. She was going to be okay. She said for two weeks without ceasing, she felt the presence of Jesus with her everywhere she went at every time of the day. Isn't that incredible? Now, the Lord is sovereign and chooses to care for us and provide for us and transform us in whatever way he chooses. I'm not saying that if you have a hard time, this is how it should be. Or if you haven't had this experience that you're missing out on something. But I'm saying that for Dolly, this is how Jesus chose to care for her during this time. And during the course of her work day, during this two week period, as she was just caught up in the transforming love of Jesus Christ, her principal called her in at the school where she worked, closed the door and said, Dolly, I I know what's going on in your life. How is it that you are smiling? And she said, let me tell you. <laughs> That's the first story. I wonder if you've ever experienced anything like that. Something really hard. Something unexpected, something that you never saw coming, something that turned your world upside down, something that that perhaps was the death of your hopes, of your dreams, of your plans, of your goals. It felt like death. But then then God showed up in a way that assured you that things were going to be all right, that God loves you that God was with you and would continue to be. I wonder if you've ever experienced something that felt like death and then Jesus making you alive and then allowing you to share that with someone else. Have you ever experienced anything like that? That's the first story. The second story um, comes from Nicaragua. A few years ago, we were taking our kind of biannual mission trip to uh, share with and support and encourage and receive from our brothers and sisters who work with Young Life, Vida Hoven in Nicaragua. Um, The coffee that we get comes from La Finca, and uh, it's really good. We need to order some more. But but a bag of that coffee supports a kid going to La Finca uh, Young Life camp for a week. Um, When you go to Nicaragua, you fly out of Charlotte, and then you hit Miami, then you jump over and... Uh, land in Managua, and you get out of um, the airplane and walk across this extremely busy um, and hazardous <laughs> intersection, to say the least, uh, to Las Mercedes Hotel. And around the back, they have it's sort of the sprawling hotel in the capital city. And around the back, there, there's some pool areas and a patio, and then sort of a covered uh, veranda there where we often share a meal. And a few years ago, as we were there sharing a meal, a man walked in, works with Young Life, really gentle face. You ever seen someone who just had had a gentle face? He came in, he sat down, and he began to share his story with us. His name was Douglas. I, I told you this story three years ago. It came to mind again this week. Many of you haven't heard it. Douglas grew up there in Nicaragua. Soon in his younger years and in his teenage years, he found himself being drawn into the life of a gang. Gang life became life for Douglas. He said if there was anything bad happening... I was involved i wanted to be there i was taking part and douglas was smart he was capable and i guess he had something of a mean streak over time he kind of rose through the ranks as a teenager he came to be the top dog in the game top guy on the totem pole he was leading it still teenager if something bad, I could tell some more details about this, but if something bad was happening, he was there. He heard about La Finca, this camp where they make the coffee, where the kids go to Young Life camp. And so he took a bunch of his fellow gang members to the camp with the intention of, while the folks were out doing games or whatever they're doing, stealing from the bunks. And in the, in the bunkhouses, just taking whatever they had and getting out of there. But he arrived and he saw tons of kids, many of them his own age, and they were having an absolute blast. There was everything in the world going on, and he thought, "Well, maybe we'll just see what's going on. We'll hang out for a little bit. We'll play." And so they get in, and they were getting super competitive and wanted to win everything. And then there was food. Like, well, we might as well, you know, might as well eat. There's some food here. It's a beautiful place. They go sit down. They eat. Then there's a convocation and everyone gets together and there's speakers, there's music and says, well, let's 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 go over here. And then there was a talk. Someone came up and told their story, shared the good news of the gospel. And Douglas, this hardened gang member, this violent man, this this, uh, boy had been shaped by all the bad things you could imagine, found tears streaming down his face. Gave his life to Jesus. And because he was in charge, he ordered everyone else to give their lives to Jesus too. (laughs) Which they promptly did. Uh, He was living this life of, of death, of destruction. He was living in a culture of death and destruction, but God, showed up powerfully, unexpectedly, against all the plans he'd laid out. We're going to steal everything they got. God showed up and made him alive in Jesus Christ. You know what he did? He went back home and began to sow the seeds of peace in his game. I think Dave just prayed for our friends and our foes. We're called to pray for our enemies as Christians, and he was praying for his enemies. And in fact, he went to these rival gangs and forgave them in circumstances that affected him and his family very personally. Forgave them and did not exact retribution. It got to the point where some government leaders came to Douglas and said, would you help us mediate some of these conflicts? And he said, yes. Yes. And you know what he does now? Well, he's a young life leader. He's uh, 50s, I think. And now what he does is he goes out and shares Jesus with young kids that look a lot like he once did. That's the second story. Have you ever uh, experienced anything like that? Found yourself caught up in something in your life that led to death, led to destruction, led to evil. If there was something bad going on, you were involved. Have you ever experienced anything like that? But, but then God showed up unexpectedly? And made you alive again in Jesus Christ. And then took you and used you for good in the lives of those around you, in life of your community, in the life of your nation, in Douglas's case. You ever experienced anything like that? Our passage today brings to light a little bit of why Dolly Downey's story, death, then life, then good news shared. Douglas's story, death, then life, then good news shared, looks so similar even though Douglas is a former gang member in Nicaragua and Dolly Downey uh, steps on organ pedals with her feet, right? And yet their story seems so similar. And all their personal identity, God meets us in really similar ways. So here here's the passage today, Ephesians chapter two. I invite you to listen carefully and listen well. Ephesians chapter two. This is the word of the Lord. And you were dead and the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. Following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit, who is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of body and of mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. That's the first part of the story, isn't it? When we were dead, and the trespasses and sins in which we once walked, not just living life apart from God, but following. When we walked, we were following something, someone. The prince, the power of the air, it's Paul's way of saying the devil. Following the course of this world, which has fallen into sin and death, and ends in death. We were spiritually dead, Because we walked following a different way, and our sin separated us from the Lord of life, begins in death. That's the first part. It's the first part of Dolly's story, Douglas's story, my story, and your story. But God, it's the next part. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come, he might make known the riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of work so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. That's the third part. Which he prepared beforehand so that we might walk in them. This is the word of the Lord. Speak to God. The passage begins with someone walking. Following the course of the world, the prince of the power of the air, and it ends. The result of that is that this person walks in death, spiritual death. But then God moves and makes it makes us alive in Jesus Christ by grace. It's a gift. And the passage ends with this person walking in good works. Right? Not as a result to earn the grace. The grace has already been given, but as a as a response. To that grace which has been given as a gift, as a way of honoring and bringing glory to the God who has reached down and saved us. You see Dolly in this passage? You see Douglas here? I see Paul. It's the same story again. And that's why I got to this point wrestling with this week. This is such a massive passage. You can go, you, we'll spend the rest of our lives figuring this out trying to understand it and live into it and out of it. Paul is writing his own story, but it's the story of his salvation. It's the story of what God has done for him, but it's also the story of what God does for each and every single one of us. Paul, who was Saul, who was a Pharisee, who was murdering a culture of death, a life of death, murdering Christians or at the very least supporting it and cheering it on as it happened. But then God struck his eyes blind and opened the eyes of his heart, Lord, so that he might see him. His life was changed and the Pharisee Saul became the Apostle Paul who shared what? Did good works and shared good news with the world. Wrote most of the New Testament. It's the same story. It's your story. That's, what I, that's the, where I want to get to. And here I got an assignment for you. I don't hand these out too often, but this, is, this could be really significant for you. For us, not just you. I'm going to send you another email this week. It's going to be fill in the blank. It's going to have three parts. And the first part, I'll, I'll explain it, but it's going to go like this. And I was dead. the Trespasses and sins in which I once walked. And maybe those are things like Douglas. I don't know. Maybe that's a situation like Dolly's where death entered in. But you can, I want you to share with me a story or a series of things. that, that I'm the only one that's going to see it. But why don't you write it down and say, I was dead. And this is how. But part two, but God, being rich in mercy because of the love with which he loved you, made you alive with Jesus and raised you up and seated you at... Uh, in in the heavenly places with him in Christ Jesus. I want you to write about that. I want you to tell me how that happened for you, what that looked like for you. This can be as long or as short as you'd like. And that third piece, those good works, I want to know what those good works that you feel God calling you to do happen to be. And then, that's going to give you a little practice at sharing your story. The story that is Paul's. The story that is Douglas's. The story that is Dolly's and mine and yours. To help you share that story. I was dead, but now I'm alive in Christ and here's what he's calling me to. And who knows who you might share that with later. But God, being rich in mercy because of the love with which he loved us, even When we were dead in our trespasses. Has made us alive. Together. In Christ Jesus. By grace you have been saved. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.